Let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. Rad is across the table. My name is Yanni Bormeister and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unified Movement System, the only online program that balances strength, flexibility and fitness in an efficient 60-minute workout so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus both our epic gym and home UMS programs. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. Before we get started, quick welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, remember to hit the like button. The more likes we get, the more people learn. Subscribe if you like what you see. I'm excited to announce that joining us today, we have Phil White from ADPT Physio and Tony Bataji from TonyBataji.com. Yeah, and if you don't know who Tony is, Tony started working in the fitness industry in 1995, first as a personal trainer and sports coach, and then moved into roles that included education, academia, and strength coaching. These days, Tony splits his time evenly between coaching one-on-one in the gym and running educational courses on many topics to do with training, program design, and body composition. He holds a PhD in sports science and has written more than 65,000 training programs and coached elite athletes in around 30 different sports. Tony, welcome back. Great to have you here again. Thank you. Great uh, great to be with you all. And Phil, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Yep. Fantastic. Let's, let's, uh, let's jump straight into this one. So this is a question from Helen Madge. Who, uh, I'm, I'm actually really interested to hear your take on this, Tony, because I can remember the answer you gave to us years ago uh, in one of the courses that I did with you. Question is, can you still get good results when lifting weights if you stop when you lose form instead of complete neuromuscular failure? Well, it depends on what result that you're after. For most people when they're in the gym, they really want one of two things. They either want to get maximally stronger or they want to grow muscle. And when you consider what's going on when we lift weights from a muscular perspective, we see that from every rep that continues during a set, we recruit more and more muscle fibers. If you're doing, say, a squat and you're doing 10 reps, rep one and two is accomplished virtually all by the recruitment of slow twitch or type one muscle fibers. They're the easiest to recruit and they're recruited all the time first off. But as we approach task failure on rep number 10, where if you went down and you couldn't stand back up, which would be rep 11, then as you're approaching task failure, then the body has to recruit more and more higher threshold motor units or your fast twitch muscle fibers. And then at that point of pure failure, where you go down, you can't stand up, then you've used all of your available muscle fibers for that day. Now, growing muscle is a result of activating as much tissue as possible and doing that over and over, and that's called volume. But strength is driven not by doing it over and over, it's by just activating as much muscle fiber as possible. So that's called intensity. So studies and the observation of weightlifters have shown that the greatest way to get stronger is to lift with loads that cause close to task failure under six. So that could be one, two, three, four, five, six. After that point, because you're doing repetitive work, you're building volume. So the driver of growth now is reps over six or reps over eight. 
but with multiple sets. But physiologically, what's happening is that as you approach failure, you're using all of your muscle fibers. So the question is, what's the most important? If you were to stop a rep short of failure versus going to failure, versus being able to only do the eccentric portion and being unable to actually lift it up, is that better than this? And studies have shown that it's not. In other words, that whether you fail or come very close to it versus being able to only do it eccentrically, you've used all, you, all of your muscle fibers. So that's called effort. So that effort could stop just short of failure or reach failure or so forth. Now, most coaches don't like failure because form deteriorates, you're at greatest risk of injury, and studies looking at hormones show that there's a greater negative hormone response that can dampen recovery for the rest of the week. So wise coaches work you close to the point of task failure, but don't reach it, so stopping a rep short of failure, with no advantage of hitting failure, especially with compound movements, multi-joint movements, because the risk of injury is so much higher. And then you would rest and for muscle growth, do that again and again and again and try and reach a total volume of around 15 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. And for strength, it's a lot less than that because the, the driver of strength is just the activation of muscle fibers, not the volume. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's awesome. And I mean, per, for if you if we talk about volume as well when you talk about training to failure versus uh you know that one rep below failure um i like the example with uh pull-ups where if you could do 10 pull-ups you couldn't do 11 if somebody held a gun to your head and you were aiming for three sets and you did 10 in that first set um it's likely that you wouldn't be able to do more than about seven in the second set and probably not more than about four in the third set which gives you a volume of 21 reps Whereas if you did nine reps in that first set, it's quite likely you could do nine in the second and nine in the third, which gives you a volume of 27 reps. Do that two times a week over a year and the volume is just exponentially greater, um, which is predominantly going to give you um, a, a better result uh, most of the time. So yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting, yeah. uh, interesting take on it. And something that I took out of that, um, that you said, Tony, is the... The idea that the, what most coaches are looking for and the reason why most coaches don't want you to go to failure is because of the loss of form. And I think if we talk about to uh, beginners or, or even trained beginners, you know, a trained beginner being somebody uh, who has even several years experience, but in terms of what they can actually achieve in relation to an intermediate or advanced athlete is still considered in the beginner level in the numbers or the results that they can produce that when you are going to that point of failure where form starts to deteriorate, um, it, it's, it's just what you're able to learn and apply as well, isn't it? It's, it's the technique that you're going to be developing uh, for the time that you're investing in your training. And I would argue that um, it would be more beneficial for those beginners and trained beginners to, um, uh, to, to stop before that form starts to deteriorate. Yeah, yeah. Your last rep should look like your first rep. And that's why coaches use this idea of technical failure rather than true task failure. Mm. And a coach would also say, well, what's the exercise mm. that we're doing? Clearly a free weight bang for your buck compound exercise, much more complex than a machine exercise. So could you reach task failure in a leg extension or a, a biceps curl? Sure, it's one joint, risk of injury is much lower. 
But would you ever do that during squatting or deadlifting or overhead pressing? The answer is no. Yeah. First rep has to look like the last rep and you stop short of technical failure. Yep. Yeah, I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, because my when people have asked me what, what does failure mean, my memory, and this is going back uh, over a decade now in one of your courses when I asked you what failure was, I remember you saying failure is the inability to perform the concentric phase of a repetition with with perfect quality, with the same quality that you had in the first rep. Is that is that what you still teach or have I, did I get that right? I think that's a good work. Yeah, it's a great workable definition. And again, it could be slightly different between an isolated machine movement versus a free weight compound movement. You would use your coaching discretion. But ultimately, failure is somewhere between form deteriorating. And so you're starting to use other muscles as a synergist to take over the work because the prime mover can no longer do it versus then no longer being able to do it concentrically, but you can do it eccentrically and then only able to do it eccentrically, but without good form. So that's the spectrum of loading. Now, you could argue that an elite athlete could push the boundaries of fatigue and failure a little bit more than a beginner. And this is where a coach would say, right, the risk of injury is much lower and they're an elite. So maybe one set of each exercise I could push the boundaries of fatigue to, to squeeze the most out of the muscle of an elite, knowing full well they've got several days recuperation before they have to train that muscle again. But for a beginner, with the extended recovery time and the risk of injury, you're not getting any extra benefit in muscle. So what would be the point? I think the mentality of harder is better and, you, and you've got to fail them and the form's got to look sloppy on the last one isn't true physically isn't true from a recovery perspective, isn't true from an injury perspective. It's just not good coaching. Yeah, I think what you talked about um, earlier on with uh, as you're training more, you're activating more and more muscle fibers might come as a bit of a surprise for people because when you look at, you know, if you tense your, your biceps, obviously might not overly impressive here, but it looks like most of the, <laughs> the muscles are firing. But you, you and you'd think like, hey, I, you know, if I'm tensing that, surely like I'm using that muscle in its entirety. But it's so interesting how the body has actually got this kind of central governor of um, basically it, it stops you from being able to access um, the full strength because you're much more likely to, um, you know, it, it, you're more likely to injure yourself. And you've got these big motor units that you can't actually access unless you're under sort of extreme um, duress if you've got a really intense mm -hmm. stimulus. So um there's some great studies that wouldn't that are no longer uh, would get approved by ethics boards where they had people when you said gun to the head for the um, for that pull up you might have actually found someone who thought they were at failure have a gun go off and then they're actually then able to access these um, motor units would otherwise be suppressed and um, and to be able to get that rep because they had these studies there yeah, where they'd um, set off a gun behind someone or they'd have oh, them uh, taking amphetamines or um, and you know you see uh, strength. Uh, like strongmen and powerlifters sniffing substances or getting slapped on the back, all of these things basically in increase that neural drive and give you access to larger motor units. So I just think for people with a bit of a context around that muscle fiber side of things, you've got all this dormant strength that actually takes training to be able to access and, and tactics of like intensity of focus um, and um, certain yeah, tactics you can use to um, be stronger. So it's interesting, it's not just a, you don't have as much voluntary control of your body as you think. And the majority of people that I've found mm. that actually ask this question are usually a, a, at the beginner level or trained beginner level where meaning, I mean, any, any, if you ask a power, like we're going to have Sebastian Orab, who's a professional power lifter, 
uh, on the show um, later on. And you ask him, and training to failure is detrimental to one's life because if you fail with 300 kilos in a squat, it can become quite dangerous. Mm. But beginners have this mentality of wanting to get to where their you know their goals as quickly as possible, and and they form this mentality of okay, well the only way I'm going to do that is to go hard or go home, and 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 you know come to the point of almost breaking myself in every workout so that I get faster results. But that's at the point in time when it's the repetitions and banking good quality repetitions so that you are, you know, you're, you're optimizing technique in those early days. It, you tend to get, the, the, I, I've found at least the best result by optimizing someone's technique, you know, getting their bench press technique right, getting their squat technique right, getting their pull-up technique right. Um, and unfortunately, that's at that point in time where they're trying to get everything as quickly as possible by, you know, the idea of going to absolute neuromuscular failure or task failure, you know, which is unfortunate. So it's something that is definitely worth really driving home. You know, the, if, you, if you're asking the question, is it, is it, am I still going to get a result not training to failure? The chances are you're probably at that point in your training life cycle where it's absolutely important not to, you know. Yeah. Look, I think um, um, I, I think it's a really hard world for beginners uh, in the gym out there because everything that you just said, Yanni, and when you um, you know relate that to everything that Tony spoke about before, you're a beginner. You really don't know the answers, but you've made the decision. You want to go into the gym. You want these results. You don't know who to listen to, but then when you look at the people that you aspire to. Um, what you see of them is always, well, not always, but it's usually doing their best efforts. It, you know, it, we, we aren't really looking at um, Instagram and YouTube to see people on those light training days, right? Like we're looking at them to see them on their hard training days. And so people, I know that this is what I used to do. I used to equate results to effort. It, you know, the, the only way to get the results was to, to really train at that, you know, max end of the effort. And it's, um, you know, when you look at those, like I'm, I'm having an image in my head now of an Olympic weightlifter or a um, powerlifter doing a, a 1RM squat or, or even a, a 2RM or a 3RM and going for that last rep where they almost don't get it. But here's that person who even, who even when they almost don't, uh, doesn't get the rep, the rep still looks the same. It's just that the speed of the concentric phase changes. And if they miss it, they drop it and they know how to drop that safely. But for a beginner to get to that <coughs> point, like their their form and their technique just goes so far out the window well before they um, they are able to achieve that inability to concentrically move, you know. And it is, uh, you know, I think if you're a beginner listening to this, the the confusion around this is is real. It's it's something that needs to be acknowledged. And um, you've just really got to understand that the people that we're looking to, you know, to inspire us have that ten thousand reps under their belt on the big lifts, they've got the, the years of experience um, and the ability to, you know, to push themselves in a way that as a beginner, we, you don't know how to, uh, and that's gotta be respected. Mm. I don't, I mean, I've, we've had a lot of extremely strong, world-class uh, lifters come to the gym and train, and you, you don't see them fail very often, if, if ever at all, I yeah. think, you know. Like I was fascinated to hear Bass say, when the last time he was here, um, of course, um, Tony, we're talking about Sebastian Oreb, um, and he said, I, I haven't failed a rep in, in years. He said, I used to, and I used to hurt myself, but I don't fail reps anymore. You know, I don't, I don't put a weight on the bar that I know I'm not going to get. So interesting. 
Yeah, and one other big thing with that is that I, I really encourage people to treat all of their warm-up sets, all of their light, like you know, lighter sessions, their volume training as rehearsal for if you're lifting the heaviest weight of your life because it does get that kind of neural um, drive going up, but it also then makes it so automated that by the time you get to the point where you're where you're living it, where you're lifting a really heavy weight, you don't have to be sort of suddenly doing a different movement to the relaxed one where you chat like a squat where you're chatting to your mate who's next to you or whatever. You're treating each one as a, a um, rehearsal so that when you're in the zone and you're, you're trying to go for those PBs, um, you can put all of your focus into the what you need to get psyched up rather than being like, oh yeah, this feels different to what I usually do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Awesome, Tony. Thanks so much. That was uh, I was actually really interested in your answer to that question, and I uh, and I do like it because it uh, I like it because it's in alignment with what I teach. So uh, that makes me good. I, I really didn't want to be contradicted by you. Uh, it would have been hard to bounce back from. So, <laughs> uh, so thanks again uh, so much for joining us, Tony. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And for those of you uh, who want to learn more from Tony, uh, he can be found on Twitter at Tony Bataji, T-O-N-Y-B-O-U-T-A-G-Y for interesting articles he's read or on Instagram at Tony Bataji for more training related information. And remember that you can enroll in any of, any of Tony's amazing coaching courses at TonyBataji.com. Yanni, Richard and I can personally vouch for the quality of them. They are a cornerstone of our UMS programming. They've been something that's really shaped what we do here. And, uh, and, they we, will be... and, we, sh and we should add that they're all online now, right? You can do all of your courses online now. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, that's right. COVID, uh, it's the one positive of COVID. Yeah. It forced <laughs> us right. all to go online, yeah, didn't it? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Tony. We look forward to uh, having you on the show again soon. And uh, thanks, Phil. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Tony.